So I'm sitting here with the paper chaser, Sean Williams. We got he's my go-to guy for all news related to shoes. Uh, I'm gonna TM that right there. I really like that. Um, so, and you're you're still head of the site, obsessive sneaker disorder, right? You still have this obsessive desire to keep sneakers in order. I am definitely still obsessed. OSD is an affliction you never get rid of. So, uh, luckily, it has turned into something that I've been able to take my addiction and sickness and turn it into something where I spread joy and educate and have all kind of cool conversations with people like you. So uh, I don't see any cure in store and I really don't want one because actually it pays pretty well. Well, Hey, you can't argue with that. Um, And it's still windy over there. You're still chasing papers around, aren't you? Is this still? uh... Yep. Yep. Still chasing all kinds. Government notes, files, you know. Whatever you can get a hold of. Um, Yep. All right, so now your expertise are sneaker, sneaker culture, um, shoes for the layman. Uh, what yep. are the new trends going on right now, style-wise? Well, since we last spoke, which, you know, awesome part one interview, which, you know, I still occasionally listen to to this day. Shameless Great plug. time. I like that. Thank you. Since, since um, we last, you know, spoke then, Adidas has kind of really gained a lot of ground and taken over a lot of the popularity Hmm. um, in the sneaker business. Um, Of course, it started, of course, with Kanye West, but Adidas has some really cool shoes and technology that has come out, you know, and really taken shape. Um, Their Boost technology, which has been out since about 2013, has really taken shape. Um, When we spoke, it really wasn't that big yet. It was still being talked about. It was still in some shoes where it was you know, okay, if you knew about it, then you know you got a good shoe on your hand. Mm-hmm. But now it seems like everybody's just, like, fully aware of the, you know, capability and the comfort level and all, even the style aesthetic of Adidas shoes that contain Boost and Tubular. And, you know, the other thing is uh, Under Armour kind of shot themselves in the foot and went from being a number two darling to back to a number three. Hmm. And Adidas has passed them in terms of a sportswear brand here in America. So it didn't help that Kevin Plank decided to go have, uh, you know, lunch with Donald Trump. And then he hired a designer that said his style is ghetto. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that happened. So Under Armour has shifted. Adidas is on the rise. Um, Jordans are still Jordans. Some people still have to have them. Some people could still care less. Um, And I think that people still, you know, with the independent brands are really starting to make a dent in what's happening with people wanting to be different. You know, they're kind of, they've kind of been in tune with people wanting, you know, something a little different style wise because, you know, sneakers aren't just for, you know, sports related events and functions anymore. So people want to wear sneakers to get fly, to get married, to go to prom, to do all these other things at this time of year seem to be the things to do um well let me let me pop in here really quickly i, I want to I ask a question about boost what makes them so good like what is it about the technology that makes um that makes it both aesthetically pleasing but also from a functional standpoint people are really into it well boost is a technology that was developed by basf so for all of us dinosaurs who know the relevance of basf and the you know audio and music world They've also developed a whole bunch of other different technologies, one of which is 
an energy return system called Boost for Adidas, which is energy return system. Holy cow! Very simply put, it looks like styrofoam, but it 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 takes and harnesses the properties of styrofoam in that when we put it in boxes and package it, it you know absorbs the brunt hmm. of whatever impact things take. Okay. So now that has gone on to be translated into footwear in the impact of walking and running. So that same um, key property that allows styrofoam to not break the things inside said packaging are now in footwear to kind of minimize the shock absorption from walking, running, etc., and also push it back in the mm. form of, you know, sort of pushing you forward, propelling you a little you know, right. in small increments, but still pushing you forward a little more than any normal shoe would. So Adidas has done a great job in getting some designers to really design some really cool shoes with this stuff. Kanye West's popularity of his shoes, which also feature boost, kind of sent it through the stratosphere in some circles, mm -hmm. but in other circles where people really knew about it already prior to Kanye West wearing them, they were already gaining ground. So it kind of was like the perfect storm for them. And this technology came along. There's this desire for people to do things differently in sneakers. And, you know, there's the hip hop effect, which never goes away, mm. never gets enough credit. So Adidas has really been doing some really great stuff. So there's been some great shifts in the industry since we last spoke in that regard. Well, I'll tell you, that's a great segue because you also mentioned some of the indie stuff. And you yep. know, one of the big things happening right now, which is part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you, I wanted to get your thoughts on the whole big baller brand, um, LeVar Ball, um, and yeah, actually tangentially Lonzo Ball, even though he's the one who's, who's the actual athlete, but his dad, LeVar Ball, mm -hmm. seems to be stealing all the spotlight. And besides him being a loudmouth, he's kind of like a carnival barker. And, you know, to some extent, I understand that. I mean, you know, our president mm -hmm. was at one point kind of like a carnival barker. So I do understand the interest of using controversy and loudmouth tactics in order to gain media press. But the reason why yeah. this, the reason why I feel that this is important is in some ways, what he's trying to do is actually going to, it's designed to change the way basketball shoes are. Um, I don't know if it's marketed or if it's just the way business is done. Because as you said, you know, there's really only a couple of big companies. Nike and Adidas, without question, are the two top companies that really are, you know, they have the best shoes, they have the best um, celebrity sports uh, spokesmen, kind of the best mm -hmm. technology. But these indie ones are, are, this is an interesting way to go. So let me break down just the history of this. You tell me where I'm wrong. I'm gonna, I'm, I'll give you like a 15-second a, a synopsis. So, as you mentioned, yep. Big Baller Brand is LeVar Burton's brand. And, or LeVar Burton. <laughs> I'm going to keep that one in. That's a funny <laughs> slip-up. Um, LeVar Ball's brand. And so, what he did is he, he, has, he has three sons. They're all, he's, you know, kind of trained them since the age of six to, to be uh, in the NBA. One is a top-tier prospect. Lonzo Ball is the current top, uh, top three prospect. Went to UCLA. And so, I think yep. uh, the, the key behind this is, is he wanted to have a Jordan-esque brand with either Nike, Adidas, or Under Armour. So, he went to those companies and said, hey, look, I got three sons here. This is going to be a huge, um, this is gonna be a huge uh, 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 franchise for you, but I want you to license yep. all of the, the, the rights from me the same way you do Jordan, and I want like a billion, I think it was a billion or two billion dollar contract for you know, right. however many years. And yeah, everyone passed Yeah, he wanted a billion dollars. 
Yeah, I mean, that's yep. crazy. It's kind of like when, I don't know if you remember this, when uh, when Big Dog, uh, this is back in the 90s, when he was getting drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks, he wanted a $100 million contract, and the team was only worth $70 million. So uh, yeah, it, it kind of like kind of like that mentality. So we went to these companies yep. and got kind of rejected and then decided to strike out on his own, and that's kind of where Big Baller Brand comes in as an independent shoemaker. Um and that's kind of where I think the, the interest to me is, is that if if this really hinges on Lonzo's success in the NBA, um, yeah. which is where I kind of want to see where you thought, with, how you, you know, how, where do you think the shoe can go? What do you think the possibilities are with this? Well, as with any independent brand, if it's hinged upon the performance of an athlete, it is a big gamble, which I think. LeVar Ball knows from the beginning that it's a big gamble simply because Lonzo has to do well. The other two sons are not even near being in the NBA yet. So this thing is really all hinging on Lonzo's situation and how he performs in that situation. So meaning mm-hmm. he could go one, two, or three pick, right? So he could end up with the Celtics, which he recently just declined to work out right. for them. Right, right, right. Um, you have the Lakers, who he's been shouting and yelling that he wants to go to. Mm-hmm. They have the number two pick there's all, Right, they have the number two pick. And then you have the third pick, who, if the other two pass up, they're surely going to take him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when you think about it, this is really all hinged upon the ultimate success being he ends up as a Laker, which may not even happen. Right. So... He has to accept this situation as a ball player first and then perform in that situation second. Mm-hmm. And then whatever positivity comes from that, hopefully his loudmouth father will be able to parlay into some, to some success for the big baller brand. But right. it's all about brand equity. So if you're charging $495 for a sneaker when there's no history of excellence or winning there, that's a really gutsy move in itself, which kind of shoots you in the foot right out the gate. He's charging $495 for the Zoe 2, which where's the Zoe 1? Mm-hmm. Never saw that. <laughs> and then he's charging $220 for some slides, which are what basketball players put on after they're tired of wearing your shoes. For $495, I'm wearing these shoes until I go to sleep. <laughs> right. What? Don't offer me any $220 slides. Well, the, the thing I wanted to point out really quickly is that not only so we so these shoes are this this particular first line's four hundred and ninety five dollars. Two two caveats to that I want to make very clear. Number one, that's up to I think size thirteen. Above that, there's a two hundred dollars surcharge. Uh, also, the second caveat is there are no returns or exchanges. Period. Uh, and the third you know why? one, oh, no why. Because the shoes don't exist yet. There's only one pair. So all the money that people are paying for these shoes is pre-order. These shoes won't even be made if he reaches his manufacturing benchmarks. They won't even arrive until November. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. Oh, for the new season. That makes sense. These shoes don't exist. Wow. You get me? I do. I do. That's why the $495 price tag is going towards whatever factory minimums he has, you know, wiggled himself into or slithered himself into thinking that people are going to be so gung-ho about buying a shoe that has no real history behind it and it's based on a prospect. 
So it also, for me, it speaks to the gullibility of sneaker lovers because he looked at what people are willing to pay now for sneakers from Michael Jordan and other people whose brand already has a reputation. And he thinks that $495 was actually feasible. Like, it was smart. So... Well, he's running it like that a Kickstarter you, campaign. I mean, it's essentially like a Kickstarter campaign that he's not saying is a Kickstarter campaign, right? Exactly, exactly. He can't say, I need you guys to help me raise the money for these because that's a total antithesis of what a baller is. <laughs> right, that'd be showing a sign of weakness, which is not something he's prone to do. Exactly. So the issue there is, how do I not let people know that I'm in the financial situation as in I don't have the money to make these shoes, but still give off the vibe that these are the type of shoes that you're going to want to own because it's big baller brand. So you say pre-order, you charge an exorbitant price and then you say it's pre-order. But those of us in the know, we know that you're only pre-ordering because you know, the shoes aren't made yet. Hmm. And then also they're a Col- they're a Kobe knockoff. The shoes just look look just like some of the shoes from the Kobe Bryant line. They do. Absolutely. And then the the rear the rear the rear back portion, you know, around the sole looks just like the knockoff boost material that Skechers is using for their shoes now. So why are we paying five hundred dollars for a sneaker that is a clear ripoff of two other brands who happen to be number one and number two sneaker brands in America? Hmm. Not sportswear brands, sneaker brands. Skechers is number two sneaker brand. Nike right. number one, obviously. Right, so right. you ripped off product from the top one and two to mash up and make your $500 sneaker. <laughs> and we're supposed to be okay with that. Well, you know, and I think an interesting point here that, that you made, and I think I, I want to just drive this home for people who don't quite understand. There's no history here, right? So when you look at the Jordan yeah. brand, Jordan has 20 years of, of incre- you know, tons of... He's got six championship rings. He's got a legacy in Chicago that's unmatched. You've got LeBron James, who's the current best player in the league, who's going to the finals for, I think, the eighth consecutive year. Um, he's yep. His sneakers cost $175. Jordan, I don't know what the top Jordan... Of, do you know what the top Jordan is right now, what that costs? Top Jordan prices now are for the regular retros that people camp out for every Saturday. Yeah. They in a, they're on a sliding scale between... 160 and 220. Okay. Then there's a special limited edition release they do with collaborations with people every now and then. And those shoes can go up to about $400. Okay. But Four, that's, right. That's a still, designer. It's still Michael Jordan. Right. Well, and that's a designer. You're talking about a limited edition pair, which if you are a right. collector, you're going to be into, right? But the regu- right. these are exactly. just, these, these Zo 2s are just regular shoes. And you're talking about the two most established brands he's trying to compete with without a history He's charging more than double what your what what the number one franchise is right now in shoes. Exactly, and, and they're good yep. shoes made by good companies. They're not ripoffs like yep. you mentioned earlier. Exactly. So that's part of the problem is the fact that there's no brand equity there. There's he's making people spend five hundred dollars based on you know futures, if you will. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It's futures. So. Yeah. Who's going to do that? I mean, according to him, about four or 500 people already have, which, okay, fine. But you can't build a brand based on futures, and then those futures don't pan out. I mean, there have been over the last 30 or 40 years a whole host of top number one draft picks who have turned out to be nothing. And his son 
is possibly a number one pick. Not the number one, not the sure number one. He's possibly a number one pick. Yeah. So to put $500 sneakers in his name, and we don't know what his scenario is, it's, it's the ultimate risk. I will say as a parent, he has three sons in the discussion about millions of dollars. So as uh-huh. a parent, he has done something right. As a businessman, he has been just making some of the biggest mistakes ever. Well, what's kind of interesting is he's he's really it's it's a it's a double edged sword, right? So his his obnoxious behavior is what's grabbing him media attention. Is the only reason anyone really knows about this, uh, and yep. you know it's kind of like drumming it up like like a like a circus, as I mentioned before. So that's the that's actually in a lot of ways in our current society a positive because it brings media attention to it. The negative side of that is for the shoe to be successful, Lonzo has to be successful. But there's right. no, there's going to be very few teams when when they're they're not looking at Lonzo as a pure as a pure NBA basketball talent anymore because you can't because you've got this obnoxious father on the other hand. So you're really right. drafting two people. And you know right. that 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 father is going to be in the ear of everyone, GM, coach, president, everyone. So, he's going to try to be. He's going to try to be. Right. But you see how that – And but that's a detriment. So this thing that he's doing that's yeah. trying to put him – you know, that, that's actually doing – that's putting him out there is the exact thing that's going to keep his son from having the success that he's going to have, that he's going to need in order to feed the machine that he's creating. You see what I mean? Like it's a weird, yep. vicious circle. Yeah, totally, totally. You totally. Know, I totally so understand bizarre. that. And that's what I tell people is the fact that you have to look at this. I use the Air Jordan 10, for example. The Air Jordan 10, on the, on the bottom of the Air Jordan 10 soles, has all of Mike's career accomplishments at that time oh, when that right. shoe yeah, came yeah. out. I remember that. So there are nine or ten different line items of Michael Jordan's stats on the bottom of an Air Jordan 10. If you were to take the Zo 2 and turn it over and require the same amount of information to justify the cost, what the hell is going to be written there? <laughs> right, right, yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. So that's the problem with all of this is, yeah, it's America. People can say what they want. I mean, I live in a state in New York where personal injury is one of the biggest fields of law out here, where people are tripping over the silliest things in front of your house and suing people. So... Yeah, we get it. It's the American way. You know, make a name for yourself however you can. Carve a lane out. But if all you're doing is based on the performance of someone else, be it your son, be it anyone, you really haven't accomplished anything as mm. a business person. Yeah. If what your business model is based on is the success of someone else. And mm. that's not what clothing and, and footwear is really all about. It's really based on, you know, being able to build this quote-unquote big baller brand and this lifestyle brand based on people being able to relate to whoever you are yeah. or whatever it is you're projecting, you know? I absolutely. That's I say this point. all the time. Nike's the best marketing company in the world. They make you buy some of the shittiest shoes ever that they put out. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and it's without a question. Yeah. Well, here, here's my prediction. I'm going to say it now, okay? So you hear it. This is, this is going out. This is going to be, this is going to be memorialized right here. I think that in tw- these shoes will not sell. They haven't sold. I think they've officially they've sold 200. And, well, not officially, but reports have 263. Lavar will tell you 400, 500, right? But I think they've yeah. sold like mm-hmm. a, right around 300 pair, right? So mm-hmm. my prediction is 
that these aren't these are going to go away very quickly. I am actually pretty convinced that this company will be bankrupt. That's my prediction. However, I think in 20 years, 25 years, this shoe, the Zoe 2 is going to skyrocket in value because no one will have them. That's my prediction. What do you think about that? I totally disagree. Here's <laughs> what I think is going to happen in order right. to save face. Okay. Remember, he has a son who is signing a top one, two, or three draft pick in the NBA. Maybe. So, maybe. But regardless, his rookie minimum should be enough to save face on him bailing his dad out. 100 His mouth is writing a check. His mouth is writing a check that his ass can't cash. Definitely. So once Lonzo signs on the dotted line, of course he's going to save face because it's his money that is going to save the Zoe 2. It may be actually produced and manufactured to a more numbers than we see selling right now just to save face. And it's going to be Lonzo's rookie contract money to do it. Hmm. No, I think you might be right. I still stand by my prediction because I don't think I think they'll still be destroyed after they've made ten thousand of these things and no one buys. But uh, I stand by. It. In twenty <laughs> years, we'll do it. We'll do a recap. We'll see. This will be like a time capsule. We'll come back and see if I was right. Um, okay, we'll see, last. We'll see, we'll see if anybody's wearing them on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question. Um, and I don't want to yep. end on this kind of note, but I'm, I personally, as I've said, predict that I don't think that this business model is going to be able to sustain. However, Sean, Paper Chaser Williams, let's just say that for some, against all odds, this brand succeeds. And, the, mm-hmm. and this path is actually, he carves out a path that other players can take. What do you see the future of independent shoes being from the success of Big Baller Brand? Well, he's not the first one to do this. He's just the first one as a rookie to come into the league with potentially his own shoes, which that's, you know, why we're having all of this discussion is the fact that you're not even a professional basketball player yet, yet you want to sell us shoes from a professional perspective. Hmm. You've done nothing as a pro to make us buy a pro-level shoe. And very little as an amateur, by the way, I should say. Right, and very little you've done as an amateur. You're one and done. So... That's the oxymoronic situation here that we're in with this is he wants to be celebrated or his dad wants to celebrate him as the first rookie to come in to the league with his own shoe where in order to really successfully sell shoes, you have to have a body of work first. Mm-hmm. So there's really nothing to brag about here. There's really no story. It, oh, it's history in the making. Well, guess what? Not everybody's going to be able to come in and do that. You know, you look at some of the people who have shoes now, they weren't top draft picks, but they mm-hmm. did something, and then they had their shoes, you know? So... Yeah, no, but I'm saying, like, I really, let's just say, well, let's say he becomes successful. Let's say the first year he does put up big numbers, becomes Rookie of the Year. Um, you know, let's say that happens, and, and for some mm-hmm. reason this shoe's successful. Do you think that's going to create an influx of, 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 of rookies coming in, having their own shoe, trying to go this route? No, because they don't need to focus on shoes. They need to focus on basketball, and most yeah. smart rookies know that. Kyrie Irving knew that, you know. LeBron yeah. James, when he came in, he knew that, you know. Yeah. When, you know, so many other players, when they came in and you call them out, they knew that I need to really focus on being what everyone has billed me to be, you know. Granted, people like LeBron James and Kobe Bryant already had people in their ear from the jump. Sure. wanting to give them shoes from the time they signed, but they were LeBron James and Kobe Bryant. 
not Lonzo Ball. Yeah, yeah. You know, Shaq's shoes took a while to come out before he came out, you know, before, you know, during his rookie season. They weren't on his feet the minute he tipped off, but he's ended up with some of the most iconic shoes around. But, again, there has to be a body of work there that says to a consumer, all right, sure, we'll give it a shot. And then the other thing is, at $495, let's say you are successful. How much is the next shoe going to be? Because you can't go lower. <laughs> right, yeah, what's a limited edition look like? <laughs> right? Yeah. So you, you feel me? Suppose you win Rookie of the Year. How much is that shoe going to be? Yeah. So this whole thing is all wrong from the jump, and I don't see anybody else trying to repeat it. I see people learning from his mistake for free right? and realizing that there needs to be a body of work and some level of achievement there as a professional before you want to offer up professional level products and goods. So this whole big baller brand fallacy, you know, you're not a baller if your shoes are on pre-order. Sean, that is a great place to end it. I agree with you completely. And uh, I love being able to turn to you for all kinds of shoe news because this stuff is uh i've just been it's i've been wrapped my attention has just been pulled into this and i didn't think i was going to get suckered in but like any good <laughs> like any good drama like any good soap opera uh if i watch it long enough i will <laughs> I will become addicted so, um <laughs> right. yeah so thank you for taking time out for this anytime man and you know i enjoy being on fascinating nails with you man so we do it again i'm pretty sure somebody else will do something that <laughs> requires a level of rationalization for their sneaker lunacy. I think, and I I will turn to you for that. Um, Until then, I want to thank you and thank everyone for listening. Have a good night.